0: Self destructing mosquitoes, a surprise new potstock CEO, and a big pharma sex tape because this is where the money is. Hi, fools! Welcome to the healthcare edition of Where the Money Is. I'm David Williamson, and I'm joined, as usual, by Michael Douglas. Michael, how are you doing today?
1: Fantastic! Great, great intro. I hope people are excited.
0: Thank you. I, it was a big intro. Uh, we have a big show planned, though. Got a so lot to
1: deliver here. We do,
0: but I think I think we'll follow through with the promises we made. I do have <laughs> to start the show with a bit of a rant, Michael. I know you hate sports, which practically makes you un-American. But <laughs> but I love sports and I love America, which means I am right in the demographic for watching World Cup soccer. Oh yeah. Um. Yesterday's loss to Belgium, 2-1, personally kind of devastating to me. So here's my pro tip to the U.S. men's team that uh, maybe in four years you don't want to leave your goalie out to dry, uh, making him have a record number of saves. Fifteen saves, the the most in 50 years. And, you know, the rest of the team... uh, Didn't seem to know how to cross midfield, so uh, I I wish Tim Howard could advance. The the rest of the team probably doesn't deserve to, but disappointing, disappointing showing Uh, yesterday.
1: I I think my favorite, uh, my favorite comment I saw on Facebook was, "Well, you know, Tim Howard versus Belgium, it's a pretty even match, actually."
0: (laughs) So there we go. The person who changed the uh, Secretary of Defense Wikipedia entry to Tim Howard. as well. All right, well, let's get, let's get to the show, though, because we, we have a big show, and mm-hmm. we, we did tease it. Uh, first up, though, a small, more than just a small step for Mankind. Yeah. Uh, the company Mankind received FDA approval. Uh, this is from the Wall Street Journal. FDA approves Mankind's inhaled insulin treatment mm-hmm. of Frezza. Uh, looks like the third time is the charm for Mankind.
1: Yeah, and uh, uh, they were approved in both type 1 and type 2 diabetes, so they got what they wanted there. Um, a little bit of a, a contraindication, you know, nobody with uh, com- chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, COPD, or asthma should be taking a FREZA, according the, to, the, uh, to the black box warning. Um, of course, the next big question for mankind is, all right, commercialization. Got $36 million in the bank. What's next? Dilution. <laughs> yeah,
0: well. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if we see a capital raise. Obviously, they're going to be looking for a partner. They've talked about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, big Pharma. Uh, had to go around with with inhaled insulin. It was a Pfizer. It uh, led to a huge write down. Problem with Exubera was it was really clunky, mm-hmm. and people didn't want to deal with that. Mankind has got a much slicker inhaler. It, it, it's very small, fits in the palm of the hand. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see though if big pharma jumps on board right away, yeah, or if they wait to see what the initial demand is because. Uh, this doesn't completely replace needle pricks. It's mm-hmm. for mealtime insulin, so right. it, would, it would greatly reduce them. But the question is, how used to needle pricks are current diabetics, and is mankind's best bet catching newer diabetics?
1: Well, and I think also one of the big questions is going to be, okay, so let's say that there are several big farmers that are interested in, in a commercialization partnership. Because they may be. You know, this, there is tremendous opportunity here if it's commercialized well and if it really has uptake in the market. Well, they know that mankind is low on cash. They know that mankind doesn't really have the ability at this moment to put together the the size of sale force that they need. So, I don't know necessarily that it's going to be as favorable as a lot of mankind investors are hoping for in terms of you know whether it's preloaded with uh, a cash injection up front, milestones, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the terms and mankind has indicated they're talking to various potential partners. I wonder if the terms aren't as good as they're and, hoping for. And
0: diabetes is certainly a hot space and there, yeah. there, there should be a number of big pharmas that, that, that could be interested. Uh, you take a look at AstraZeneca. Mm-hmm. They now essentially wholly own the, the ex-diabetes partnership they have. Eli Lilly is going big in diabetes. Uh, this could be a differentiator from them from, from say, a Novo Nordisk, mm-hmm. uh, which is also big in diabetes. Do you do you have a favorite player among the bunch? Or? I, gosh, I mean, if, if you... If Didn't you put, mean to put you on the yeah, spot Yeah, you, you did Sorry. there.
1: I, I would say, uh, if I, if I had to. Um, I think maybe Lilly because I think Lilly needs it more than anybody else. You know, AstraZeneca has kind of already priced in the expectations for mm-hmm. the next four years of basically not revenue growth and returning to 2013 numbers in 2017. Um, I think Lilly's got a lot of trouble right now, and I think that this is perhaps uh, a good, I don't want to say Hail Mary play for them, but a, a good opportunity to basically do something different and try something I mean, and it
0: all it depends works. on the price, right? Like, of course. So, At a certain price, I would like it for Lily. At a certain Mm -hmm. price, I wouldn't. But Lily already has the sales force in place, so you're just adding another product into their arsenal, essentially. Exactly. So it's definitely going to be one to watch. We'll be watching it. Mankind is an incredibly popular stock uh, with our readers, so we will be following its ups and downs. But probably won't be hearing too much from us until we see uh, its first quarter on the market, unless they have a uh, partnership deal. Exactly. All right, well, let's move on to our second story, which... uh, came from a, a report uh, we saw it though in uh, fierce medical devices, and it 's that one third of knee replacements are classified as inappropriate now now michael that that headline's a little shocking when you yeah. when you first see it.
1: Yeah, so it, they basically, they used an appropriateness classification system developed in Spain and uh, pain physical and physical function scales. And they basically said, well, based on that, this study of 175 people, 34% of the surgeries didn't seem to be appropriate, 22% inconclusive. So only
0: 44% were appropriate, which, right. which was almost the most alarming.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a little bit. I mean, here's the thing, though, right? We're, we're looking at a small study here. Yep. This is one study. This is the beginning of what should be, I think, a, a, a long and fruitful conversation about knee replacement.
0: Well, I, I think it, it doesn't mean that the surgeries were bad or people aren't doing better after the surgery. Right, it just means or, or, or
1: that we should start second-guessing our docs or anything exactly. like that.
0: It, it just may point to that we're a little quick on the draw mm-hmm. when it comes to replacing knees in this country.
1: According to this particular scale, which, you know... Do
0: you see this impacting any stocks?
1: Um, you know, I, I, I personally don't. Uh, when, when I look at the, the kind of the hips and knees uh, area, um, and I... I relied pretty heavily on Smith & Nephew's filings, because they do a pretty good job of commenting on it. I mean, your biggest market leader is um, Zimmer, um, which recently acquired Biomed. Combined, they hold about 35% market share from 2013. Um, And then you've got J and J's Dupuy Synthes, which yep. is uh, about twenty percent striker at nineteen. Strikers in there. Yeah. Uh, Smith and, and Nephew it'll... Mako. So, so right,
0: that's a nice little kicker. Yeah, kind of striker. The robotic. E-
1: exactly, and then you've got Smith and Nephew at eleven. When I look at the the market as a whole, like hips and knees, it's a slow growth market. At something like three percent growth last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really excited about any of the businesses because they're kind of slow growing. They pay small dividends. If you had made me pick one i'd say j and j because you also have that faster growing pharma segment they've got a three percent dividend the others are kind of in the 0.8 to 1.8 yep. kind of range so at least you're getting some growth and a dividend out of it um but uh, but that's just that's just kind of my two cents
0: yeah i think striker is kind of interesting just because yeah. of mako and they, they have a broader business as well but um i don't expect this to to hurt anyone's business mm-hmm. unless it it helps improve the case for partial knee replacement which is what mako does
1: right yeah for sure
0: All right, well, let's move on to our next headline, which comes from Bloomberg. I thought this was a really cool story. Yeah. Uh, It was maybe my favorite headline of the week Uh, self destructing mosquitoes to help Brazil fight deadly dengue. Yeah. And uh, so the story is Brazil will very likely be the first nation to approve the, the wide release of these male mosquitoes that have been genetically altered with a lethal gene that causes their offspring to, to essentially die when they're, when they're still baby mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool, and they're, they're hoping to do this in advance of the 2016 Olympics.
1: Yeah, no, it, 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 is, it is pretty cool, and it's exciting. Uh, before we go any further, I have to thank listener Garen for noting to me that I was mispronouncing dengue fever. I, I called it dengue, um, sort of the French way he said, you know, you need to add the A at the end. So, Garen, thank you. Uh, <laughs> apparently, I read more than I talk, um, and I, I will tell you, my the the weirdest Word I have ever mispronounced um, egotistical. I had only read it for a while, so I called it egostical for a while. <laughs> How about you, David? <laughs> yeah, you, I know. You can't just
0: pitch that to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I, Big one. Try and beat me here. Yeah.
0: I think it, it's not necessarily a mispronunciation, but it, it, it probably made me look funny. It was it, the French. That you mentioned uh, "dang" before, because well, I, so I spent some time in France, mm-hmm. and then when I came back, I, I would call croissants "croissant." croissant. <laughs> and So just completely with the accent and. Uh, Probably made me look a little silly, but uh, I don't know if that, if that tops your mispronunciation. Well,
1: well, well, folks listening, uh email us at hc at fool with the weirdest word you've mispronounced, and, and please do be sure to explain the pronunciation for us <laughs> so we can so we can appreciate something. If you, if you can find something more embarrassing than mine, please. I I, I look forward to it. It'll be exciting. Good, good luck.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so on to back, the story. Get this back on course. Um, so dengue fever, yeah, uh, serious disease, and it's interesting that this is a different approach to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, there are hope. There's no vaccine for it currently. Right, Sanofi is working on one, pretty late stage on it too.
1: Yeah, exactly. So the, they've reported the first of two phase three, big phase three trials on dengue fever in April. Uh, significant reduction of fifty-six percent of dengue disease cases. Um, they should have another phase three study reporting out sometime this quarter. At least that's what we've heard most recently. Um, analysts have been estimating as many as a billion euros potentially for yeah, this, which I've is which is fantastic. That'd be a nice business to a, a, a nice boost to a vaccine business that did about three point seven billion euros last year. Um, but ultimately, more importantly, I'd say public health side, you know this is uh, the WHO estimates that 2.5 billion people are at risk for dengue fever. Um, around 500,000 require hospitalization each year from it. so it would be excellent to at least get all, get some control of this and hopefully help. Reduce it both on the mosquito
0: side and on the vaccination yeah, side. This is a, it's a real win-win-win. Yeah, um, because Sanofi will definitely be is far out in front in mm-hmm. terms of development. Yeah,
1: Merck's got something in like very sort of like early to mid
0: stage. And so you know the company will do well, investors should do well, and mm-hmm. public health should do well. The mosquito thing it, it's it's cool, and I think that's a, d- a different way to attack it. I don't know if we're going to go around trying to eradicate mosquitoes globally. I wouldn't necessarily. Good luck. Mind, yeah. uh, <laughs> considering how many I seem to have in my backyard. Yeah, but. Uh, it's, it's interesting. The the, the funny thing that, that I grabbed out of the story is Bill Gates is involved with the mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. And he goes, many of these amazing mosquitoes need to be released into the wild in the months ahead before we can assess the impact. Uh, it worked really well in a limited area. Uh, but then he says uh, – he, he described in a blog post offering up his arm so the mosquitoes could feast on human blood and develop eggs, saying it was a small price to pay for an amazing project. I feel like there are better ways to do that than sticking your arm in a cage full of mosquitoes. Yeah, I mean, go Bill Gates.
1: <laughs> I, he's a better man than I am. I would not, in fact, do that. I can't imagine
0: how badly that itched afterwards. Yeah,
1: that cannot have been fun. <laughs> All
0: right, let's move. Let's, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's go to our game. Yep. Uh, last week, we played Rank It with the American Big Farmers to mm-hmm. give our readers sort of a a good idea of where we think they all fall. Mm-hmm. Obviously, fates can change, but but sort of give you a good standing of healthcare, you know, snapshot as of right now what yeah. we think. We decided to go across the pond to Europe, take a look at the five of the European big pharma's. Sorry, Roche, you got left off the list. Probably stick it in the middle somewhere though. Yeah, probably. Uh, we're gonna do AstraZeneca, GlaxoSmithKline, Novartis, Novo Nordisk, and Sanofi. Michael. How would you rank those five European big pharmas?
1: All right. Hotspot again. Yep. Two, two weeks running. Uh, I'm going to say Sanofi, uh, Novo Nordisk, Novartis, uh, GlaxoSmithKline, and AstraZeneca. Um, so starting off, Sanofi. Top of the list. Uh, and I would say um, they've got a lot of opportunities of course, we just talked about the vaccines unit, which is an exciting area. Yep. They've got a lirocumab which is the PCSK9 inhibitor that we've been talking about. It seems kind of nonstop, so so uh, listeners will be hopefully familiar with it by now. Um,
0: Great CEO, Chris Vebacher. A-
1: absolutely, uh, one of our fellow analysts, Max MacLuso, uh, loves talking about. He actually Chris has Vibacher.
0: a framed Vebacher <laughs> picture. <laughs>
1: um, one of the one of the things I really like about Sanofi is they've done some really smart equity investments in other smaller biotechs. Right, mm-hmm. so they've done it with Regeneron. Um, yep. They own 22.5% of Regeneron. They actually just increased their uh, their percentage of Regeneron up from like 205 um, percent. So that's that's exciting. Regeneron's got a lot of cool opportunities, which we'll be talking about a little bit later. Um, and then well, you got the
0: Genzyme too, right? The in-house unit.
1: Absolutely. I'm sorry, i I I mean to cut. No, you no, off no. no that's totally.
0: Say that. Sanofi is someone who really embraced biotech early for mm-hmm. a big pharma, and they really reaped the w- rewards. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and 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 the thing is that you know Regeneron's kind of gotten bigger. It's kind of gone more mainstream now, but they're still going after smaller biotechs. You look at Alnylam; mm-hmm. uh, they own 12% of it. Um, that's an RNA interference. Uh, it's a mostly early stage pipeline. Not the kind of biotech that i usually tend to in- invest in but i'm going to trust that sanofi knows what they're doing because they've j- it's just panned out so well with regeneron um and i think that you know they've got a they're a smart company with a lot of smart opportunities and they seem poised to do pretty well over the long term okay
0: now you've had novartis second no uh, one Novo no Novo yeah diabetes powerhouse
1: yes uh, well and, and hemophilia too they've got some uh, opportunities there um you know They've got a lot of leadership in diabetes. They'll need to maintain it. They right? also have
0: the best corporate logo out of all these companies. That's
1: true. The uh, the reindeer. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cool. <laughs> um, so you look at Victoza, uh, which turned in two billion last year. Of course, you've got uh, Lilly's dulaglutide uh, is a huge potential competitor, mm-hmm. uh, assuming it gets approved. Um, Probably, probably third quarter. It's got better dosing than Victoza. It's once weekly as opposed to uh, once daily. Um, but Victoza, you know, they're also looking at it in uh, some obesity reduction. Mm-hmm. Um, they just reported a, a phase three a trial on it. Um, it could be a blockbuster. A, a, I, the numbers I see are kind of a billion, the um, a billion or so dollars, uh, decrease obesity a little bit. So there could be some opportunity there in type two diabetics with uh, obesity issues. Um, overall, I. You know, I'm not nearly as positive on Novo uh, as I am on Sanofi, but I think it's definitely second place. What do you think?
0: It's further down on my list. Okay, I would probably have um, probably have Novartis. Okay, Novartis next. I like
1: well Novartis and Novo like, in the
0: middle at least. I, I might even put it under under Glaxo. Wow. So, so I I don't know. They, they seem to be on the defensive a little bit with mm-hmm. diabetes. I, I think they did a really good job claiming their ground, but I, yeah. But Lilly's gunning for them, and we have some other companies really gunning for them. Um, you know, Sanofi is a, is a big diabetes power. Absolutely, well. yeah. I think Sanofi is clearly the head and shoulders of this class. Though. Yes, um, right, That's okay. Let's, I'll take first. So. Let's, let's move. Let's move through. Any anyone else? Uh, Novartis. Novartis, um, oncology. Yeah, really doubling down on that too.
1: Yeah, smart move. Uh, buying up uh, GlaxoSmithKline's oncology unit,
0: and they gave Glaxo vaccines in exchange.
1: But not all vaccines. They kept the best one, the yep. uh, the flu vaccine, which is a smart move. Um, you, they're looking to slim down the R and D structure some. Uh, Jelenia has been selling quite a bit. That's in the uh, multiple sclerosis space. Of course, it's also got potential. Um, well, it's got competition from uh, Biogen's Tecfidera and Sanofi's o- 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 Obagio. Obagio. Yeah. Obagio. See pronunciation. It's just not my thing. Um, but uh, you know, they also sold their animal health business to Lilly. So, like overall, yeah. I-, I-, I like them. They're focused which I yeah. like to see. and they're doing a good job.
0: Speaking so of refocusing Glaxo as well, really going all in on vaccines.
1: Yeah. Um, the Advair patent expiration is yes. a bit of a, 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 bit a, of a, a massive concern, yeah. actually, because um, that was something like $8 billion last yeah. year.
0: And there's COPD drugs that they're using to replace it, the next-gen ones, and breo-lipto. They look good. They look good, but they're not going to be that dominant.
1: Yeah. Well, and getting rid of the oncology business, I mean, it was subscale, but at the same time you've got vaccines. They, they missed out on the crown jewel. They didn't get the influenza vaccine. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I just don't know that there's... they are
0: getting that meningitis B vaccine, though, that That's reported good results from. That's the true. People.
1: But I just I, you know, I just don't know if there's a lot of sort of high margin, high growth uh, opportunity for Glaxo. Still better than AstraZeneca, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. AstraZeneca, I i, I don't like them uh, as much as the others. Mm. Uh, up put that qualifier. <laughs> uh, my problem with AstraZeneca, I think they have immuno-oncology is the story of their pipeline. Yep, uh, they. That's pretty early stage. It's it's still pretty early stage. They, it is going to be a robust one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the problem is it's it's further back, and I don't necessarily trust their pipeline. They've had a lot of late-stage failures. Yeah. Uh, we haven't seen too many immuno-oncology failures yet, so maybe that's an area where their success will be a little better. Um, share prices were bit up because of the interest from Pfizer mm-hmm. and an inversion deal. I, I don't think they have that much appeal uh, to other companies, so I would expect share prices to trend back down, yeah. just because the, where they were at with Pfizer's interest doesn't really reflect where that the company currently is, given their revenue situation.
1: Well, right, exactly. I mean, you've got the diabetes franchise. That's a nice way to try and shore up things a little bit. They bought that from Bristol-Myers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's an opportunity for them to add some sales, but they also paid out for it. And then you've got Crestor, the statin, um, and Nexium for acid reflux coming under patent expirations. Um, and that's a big chunk of their revenue they're going to lose, which is why they are not guiding for revenue growth until 2017. Yep. And then they're guiding for very quick revenue
0: growth. Yes. So we'll, we'll see what happens with AstraZeneca. Certainly it can bounce back if its yeah. pipeline does well, but right now it's uh, – it's it's going to be tough sledding for the next couple of years for that company. Definitely agree. All right. Well, let's stay in Europe though, and as we move on to the mailbag, mm-hmm. we have a question from Daniel, and he writes, "Hi guys, love the healthcare stock talk. I saw a slew of European approvals over the last few days, and there really were a <laughs> yeah. ton. Um, which ones matter?" Most. And uh, Daniel, thank you for the question. Yeah. Uh, anyone out there listening has questions, hc at fool.com. Goes to both of us. Goes to both of us, so uh, at least one of us will read it. <laughs> um, we promise not to uh, not to just instantly delete them. Right, right. <laughs> we, we, we actually really enjoy getting mail. No, That's do. a lot of fun. Uh, well, there were a bunch. Yeah. I guess I'll, I'll run through them real fast. Sure. So we can pick out a couple that we like. Now, also, I, I should say, before I start, the European approval process, very similar to America, but but different and important, in ways. crucial ways, yeah. So there is the CHMP, mm-hmm. uh, which is sort of like an FDA advisory committee in that it recommends approval or or not approval, and then the EMA is the one uh, that actually approves or or rejects. Unlike here, where the FDA doesn't. Follow necessarily the advisory committee's recommendation. The EMA almost always. Yeah. I can only think of one time where they didn't, and and data came out between the recommendation and the actual approval date, which should change things. So it's essentially so. a rubber stamp. You see, you see uh, the CHMP recommend something. It's it's. That's can, the catalyst. That's that's the catalyst. You can essentially count on approval. So uh, here's what we have: label expansion for bears Stavarga. Mm-hmm. We have label expansion for. Uh, Regeneron's ILEA. We have approval of Eli Lilly's uh, what is this? This is the uh, Lantus Biosimilar? Yep, Biosimilar Insulin. um, First one. First one. uh, We have label expansion for Vertex's Cystic Fibrosis Drug Kalydeco. Yep. Uh, We have label expansion for Bristol and Pfizer's uh, Blood Thinner Eliquis. We have approval for Declinza which is new. That's Bristol-Myers Hepatitis C drug, not approved over here yet. Right. Uh, we have expansion for Roche's Avastin in uh, ovarian cancer. And what else? We have approval for Triumec from... Uh, now, Healthcare, this is the partnership from GlaxoSmithKline and Pfizer. Right. And this is a three-part uh, HIV drug mm-hmm. as well. And um, I think that's about it of note. Yeah. Okay. All right. My favorite... Ilea. I'm going to say
1: it's a Regeneron's ILEA. Nice now, choice. Thank you. Thank you. So this is a drug that's currently indicated for age-related macular degeneration and macular edema following central retinal vein occlusion. Now they're looking for uh, a, a big follow-on opportunity for visual impairment due to diabetic macular edema. Now this is... Um, this is uh, it's got 6.2 million people worldwide have this. And so you know, there's... A, Substantial potential population. Um, It's a nice potential label expansion for a drug that made 1.4 billion last year in the U.S. and 500 million abroad, where Bayer does the marketing. Um, Analysts are guiding for the drug to make as much as potentially 4.7 billion in peak sales, and so this is this is where you see that opportunity with these sort of big follow-on indications that can really help Regeneron, which has already done a really good job thus far of getting that drug out. and when I look at Regeneron in particular, this is a really key drug for them, right? Because, uh, sure, they have other drugs, but $362 million in net product sales last quarter, $359 million of which was Ilea. So it's kind of kind of the one trick pony for Regeneron, although they have a lot of other opportunities in their pipeline. They're partnering with Sanofi. They're partnering with Bayer, of course. And so, yeah, it definitely, I, I think, the most important one there.
0: Well, and it means so much to Regeneron, right? Totally. That's, that's what you, you look for a little bit, you know you glance at this and you're like, oh, Kalydeco, that's going to be huge for Vertex, mm-hmm. but this isn't the the big news. Right. Uh, the big news for Vertex and Kalydeco was the trial that worked out that would expand their population from about uh, 5% of the cystic fibrosis population to about 50%. Right. Uh, there's no approvals for that yet. We both expect that to happen for Vertex. Right. Uh, the stock popped on the news. Uh, when, when I'm looking at this, though, I, I think I'm actually going to go, even though I said size matters, I'm going to go with uh, a big pharma a little bit here. Uh, Eli Lilly's Uh, approval for their new insulin, Glargine LY2963016. Now, they do have a trade name. Bit of a mouthful. It is. (laughs) is. They do have a a, a trade name for it uh, coming out. But... uh, this is gunning for Lantus. This yep. is a biosimilar, which means it's a generic version of Lantus. Lantus did $8 billion in sales last year, uh, one of the top-selling drugs in the world. Yeah, and
1: huge uh, to Sanofi.
0: And, and huge to Sanofi. Sanofi's working on a next-generation version, to mm-hmm. Geo, um, But Lilly is going to undercut on price yeah. uh, where Lantus currently is. I don't know how much of this market they'll capture. I suspect quite a bit, especially in price-sensitive Europe, where... Yeah. Uh, the EMA will approve something, but then the drug companies have to go to each country mm-hmm. and basically negotiate prices. Uh, Lilly's going to say, listen, we're a better deal. They, with the governments there paying for drugs, they're very price sensitive over there. Yes. I, I think this is a huge market for Lilly. Lilly certainly needs some wins. They're yes. losing a lot of revenue. Simbalta going away. Um, what? Avista. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cialis' patent is, is le- losing it in uh, what, 2017. Right. Um, so. You take a look at Lilly; they need some wins. Cyramza hasn't been quite the home run they were hoping for. Uh, solanezumab, you know, maybe in Alzheimer's, in its third phase three trial, will show some right <laughs> some success, being statistically significant. So I think. When you look at, you know, these are mostly big pharmas that are in play here. When you look Mm -hmm. at that, I think Eli Lilly stands out. The other one I want to touch on really fast is uh, Vive Healthcare, the GlaxoSmithKline-Pfizer team-up. Right. Uh, This is going to be, uh, what's interesting about this, it's a three-drug regimen for HIV. uh, And what's interesting is that it's going to be the first once-daily single tablet. Now, these are drug cocktails, but... Uh, dosing or ease of dosing is is really a, a nice advantage. Gilead, the dominant HIV player uh, with Truvada and all the offshoots of that, mm-hmm. uh, they have a Triple, a Complera, a stri build. But this is a legitimate competitor yes. for for Gilead's products. And again, uh, you know, Gilead's not known for their their friendly pricing, uh, so it'll be interesting to see um, what Bristol does in terms of price. But they certainly have you know, a nice, a nice little dosing.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and especially, as you mentioned, in Europe, there's a huge opportunity there if they're willing to compete on price.
0: Yep. All right, well, let's move on to Tweet It, which is... Your favorite segment? It is my favorite <laughs> segment. It's always my favorite segment. We, uh, we have three great, great tweets. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first comes from uh, Matt Herper, uh, our, our friend over at Forbes, great, great writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he tweets out a, uh, a Gawker article, though, which is, what happens when a healthcare startup leaves you with the bill. Now, this is about Oscar. Uh, really, it's it's a managed care startup. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's an insurer uh, that was on the Obamacare exchanges, uh, the, the state-based exchanges. It had a lot of slick marketing. Mm-hmm. has a really nice package with this card. It's sort of Apple-esque. Right. Um, turns out, though, they're still working out some of the kinks. Uh, you go to Yelp, reviews, not very favorable. It's about a one, one star out of five product. On Yelp, a little, little better than that, but not not quite at full two. Mm-hmm. Uh, a number of people giving it one star said they wished zero was an option because it turns out um, what they were promising wasn't essentially, or at least what customers thought they were promising, mm-hmm. wasn't what customers ended up receiving.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, and you and I were talking about this a little bit beforehand. And, and I think when it comes to... Um Insurance, you don't necessarily want to be the guinea pig, the test case.
0: Well, that's the problem, right? The tech mentality mm-hmm. is an iterative process, right. That gets better every time. The problem with health insurance is you need it to work every time. You, yeah. you can't, you can't have be like, oh, well, it was a hiccup. We'll figure we need it. 2.0. It's yeah. fine. And in the meantime, we need you to pay this full bill. Right. You know, that, that, that doesn't work for people. And the problem is uh, they could lose customers mm-hmm. as well. And, you know, they were very competitive on pricing, mm-hmm. uh, which was part of the appeal. But we saw some of the more traditional big insurers complain that some of the players on the exchanges were possibly chasing unsustainable pricing.
1: Right. Uh, United Health Group particularly pointed that out. They said it's sort of this crazy pricing that uh, we don't think is sustainable at all, is isn't going to work. Uh, of course, United Health ran afoul of a couple of the big co ops in New York that have done mm-hmm. a really good job of starting to shake up that market. And uh potentially long term co ops could really be a good opportunity. Now these are of course the nonprofits.
0: Yeah, and this this is sort of the innovation that the Affordable Care Act is bringing to yeah. the health insurance market, because you are seeing things like Oscar, but you're also seeing these co-ops and which are working well. very
1: well. Yep. Yeah, well, and, and yeah, as you pointed out, ACOs, uh, which apparently they're even looking to expand those into Medicaid in some areas now. So a lot of opportunity there for bending that cost curve, getting uh, better care instead of just more care. Um, it's an exciting time to be looking at health insurance. Uh, that said, be careful out there. Yeah, uh, especially when you're especially with- when you're shopping. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I don't think this is necessarily going to be disrupting the United Healths or the uh, the Wellpoints or the Etnas who who dominate these exchanges. and yeah. business. It's it is it is a tough business, but mm-hmm. it is sort of exciting to see new approaches and in innovation. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to our second tweet, uh, which which is a doozy. Which you teased? Yes, yeah, I did. I did tease this. I, I, you know, we deliver what we promise. Pharma gossip, and this certainly qualifies as gossip. Uh, tweets sex video new twist in Glaxo SmithKline China bribery scandal and it's referring to a Reuters story and this is a story I'm sure Glaxo Wishes would just go away. Yeah, but it keeps getting. It's been the gift that keeps on worse giving. And yeah. worse, yeah, it's been terrible for them. Uh, they were accused uh, quite a while ago, actually, back in uh, what 2013, spring mm-hmm. of 2013, uh, of a 489 million dollar bribery scheme in yeah. China, where they were using travel agencies to to bribe doctors and other officials. Uh, there's been a huge crackdown. Uh, Mark Riley, mm-hmm. who's the head of their China operations, however, uh, was apparently, uh, without his consent or knowledge, uh, it, he was videotaped yep. with, uh, with someone who was not his wife, I guess, who he was separated from in China. And the video was sent to Glaxo's executives, including the CEO, Andrew Witty.
1: Yeah. So I have no idea what to say about just that part. I, I will say... Um, there, there have been issues with the the, the sort of potential corruption issue. I, I yep. mean, this this seems to it's kind been, of cross it's, it's some lines. It, it, but. I,
0: it definitely crosses lines. Um, it's, it's an interesting case of of sort of corporate whistleblowing and espionage and something. rule breaking. And I, I don't know what's going on. You know, Mark Mark Riley is currently being detained in China. He's he's not in prison, but he can't leave the country. Right. Uh, and this has been a problem for Glaxo though. The, the China thing, it, you know, on a more large scale, they saw sales plummet mm-hmm. 61% yeah. uh, after the allegations come out because businesses didn't want to deal with Glaxo because they didn't want to run afoul of the Chinese government. Right. Um, obviously, it didn't impact Glaxo too much at the time. It was about 4% of their business. Uh, but they were hoping to grow China to about 10% by 2018, not that far off. And, and stuff like this can derail uh, your growth plans, quite frankly.
1: Well, and also when you go beyond the China and look at the optics, you know, they're, they've been accused in Poland, in Iraq... Jordan, Lebanon. In yep. May, the Serious Fraud Office, First, as, as uh, we've, out we've out talked about previously, UK, yep. yeah, opened a critical uh, a, a criminal, not a critical, a <laughs> criminal. I'm sure,
0: it's critical. Too, uh, yeah,
1: I it. can't talk. Remember, <laughs> we've talked about this. A criminal investigation into Glaxo's China business. Um, the optics aren't good. Um, how much this will derail them over the long term? Really hard to say right now. Um, I think once things have settled out and we've seen a few more quarters, we'll have a better idea. But. Not good news.
0: No, it's never the headline you want to see with your uh, with your company in the news. Uh, definitely not. So let's move to the final tweet. It comes from Dave Mass, Moss, and he writes, That's right. Former New Mexico governor slash presidential candidate Gary Johnson is now CEO of a marijuana lozenge company. Now, Michael... We can't actually talk about the pot stock he's running. So it's uh, way too small. Way too small. It was up over 40% yesterday, but the, the market cap is so small, I don't think any self-respecting, foolish investor uh, could touch it. Uh, considering, Consider us not mentioning it more of a public service. Uh, <laughs> instead, I do want to talk about Gary Johnson, though, for a second, if we can. Uh, I don't know what I love more. Uh, first up, he's breaking the cardinal rule. When it comes to, I think, pot business Or really any drug dealing business in general Which is, don't get high on your own supply uh, he, he had Let me give you this direct quote This is from former presidential Candidate and New Mexico Governor Gary Johnson A <laughs> couple of things hit you when you try the product One is, wow Why would anyone smoke marijuana given the alternative And secondly, it's just Very, very pleasant I mean, very pleasant <laughs> You
1: know, I think you should probably just drop your mic and walk away. I don't I don't
0: know if there's anything I can do to follow that up. <laughs> well, I, I think the, I think the <laughs> other thing I liked was directly underneath the tweet we grabbed for the show uh, is a video of the former governor discussing the Ukraine and NSA surveillance, gun reform, immigration reform. He's kind of the, uh, to me, the, the old, liber- he's like the libertarian version of that old hippie pothead, you know, discussing about how Nixon is, is ruining the country, except... Gary Johnson is sucking on olajens and discussing Putin's annexation of Crimea. And, and there we have it. <laughs> Again, <laughs> I was, I, I'm I'm floored. <laughs> I was gonna turn this into over to, to G.W. Pharma though, which I guess was up. It was up this week. It had good news. Uh, Epidiolex. Uh, Present, you know, did well in, in some trials. The other, but we
1: try time. not to lump GW in too much with these with these stocks. Because GW actually is a pharmaceutical company. They're looking at the can, you know cannabis yeah. drugs, and um, they uh, have a, a business model that yep. we that we understand and can. It's more of a
0: traditional biotech model,
1: and can and can value so, to some extent.
0: But uh, pot stock mania certainly continues for sure. Uh, as does where the money is tomorrow. You'll have the energy version of the show. So stay. Uh, tune for that. For Michael Douglas, I'm David Williamson. Thanks for watching and listening, and fool on.